having the mindset that you deserve to be known for something, right? Having the confidence that, that you deserve to have that influence. And the thing I say all the time is you are an expert to someone. I don't care where you are in your journey. You're two or three steps ahead of someone. And so you sharing how you got to where you are can be super, super powerful for someone. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Casey Jones with us, and we're going to be talking about the art of personal branding. Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And by way of uh, introduction, Casey is the founder of A Better Jones, which is a personal branding coaching platform. She also founded Our Galaxy, which is a community of thought leaders. And her mission is to help others combine strategy and authenticity to find their voice and build a personal brand. She also co-hosts the podcast, The Other Side of Sales, which focuses on ending bro culture in sales. Yeah. So, well, let's get started. First, uh, Casey, why do you think that personal branding is so important in sales? Well, look, we all know that one of the most important things in sales, if not the most, is our relationships with our clients or our customers. And personal branding actually helps speed that up, right? So, so even when we are deep in a deal or um, doing a really good job of, of working with our, our customers on a regular basis, there's, a, there's often a lot of time in between when we're talking to them and, and when, when we're not, right? And so when we have a kind of a well-defined and a fairly public personal brand, it helps our clients or our customers feel more connected to us it helps them have a better understanding of kind of who we are and what we're about. Um, and it gives them, it helps us stay kind of more top of mind for them and um, gives us a little bit more of a sort of personality in their eyes. And I think, you know, no matter where you are in the cycle, okay, we all know this. Once somebody, let's say you're early on in a deal with someone once they actually get to know you, they're a lot less likely to ignore your emails or your phone calls. It's a lot harder to ignore someone that you feel like you know. And if somebody has seen you online, they've seen a video that you've done, they've seen content you've created, they feel like they know you just a little bit better. And sometimes it's in a kind of a funny way where you'll meet someone for the first time and they act like your old friends. And it's just because they feel like they know you because you've created a powerful and um, kind of well, well-shaped personal brand that they identify with. Absolutely. And what is the difference, would you say, between personal branding and marketing? Ooh, that's a good one. So while I'm not the biggest fan of Jeff Bezos, he is a smart guy and he has a great quote that I love. And he says, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And that's not marketing. Marketing is, is strategy, it's tactics, it's all these other things. But your personal brand, let's be clear, you have a personal brand, whether you have put any intention into it or not. It is your reputation. It is what you are known for. It's how people think of you. It's when someone's 
talking about you after they've, you know, had a couple of beers with their friend and they're like, oh, you know, that guy, he's the one who, what do they say? Right. What do they say about you? And so I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of us don't realize until we start going down this path of really focusing on our personal brand. You already have one, but up until you start kind of investing in it and really thinking about it, you've kind of been leaving it up to chance. So you might as well put some intention into it so that um, you have a little more control over that narrative that people are sort of spinning about you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a fly in my face. <laughs> it's kind of uh it's so personal brands almost more like reputation than mm-hmm. than anything else yes and i'll i want to be clear i kind of hate the term personal brand because it makes us think of like you know influencer culture and kim kardashian and all the rest and it's it doesn't always have the best reputation but i don't think there's a i don't think there's a better um, term for it. So that's why I use it. But I think when you think about it as your reputation or what you are known for, I think that's a really great way of thinking about it. And known for professionally, maybe as opposed to, you know, I, I have a different brand with friends than I do with, um, professional contacts, employees, customers, et cetera, I think. Yeah. But I would also say that some of the best, um, kind of personal brands when we're thinking of professional do feel really human, right? You get a sense of who someone is and what they're about. And yes, it's in the context of work. Um, but we, we want to know each other and we want to connect even on a professional level with another person. And that means personality. That means, you know, who they truly are. And I think, um, And so I do encourage people to bring some of that more human and and more personal kind of touch to how they show up professionally. And and how do you, how do you coach them to do that? How do you, how do you humanize and uh, humanize someone's professional brand? Because it's, 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 uh, you know, imagine you're a field salesperson that sells, that sells, uh, I don't know medical devices. Mm-hmm. Um, how does someone like that and their customers are doctors, how do they personalize their brand and how do they communicate what that is? Yeah. So I think that's a very good question. I think some of it comes down to just who you kind of your personality, your values. Um, sometimes it is what you have in common with your ideal audience. So there's a framework that I like to use um, that I think can be very helpful. And it's, it's kind of three-step thing. So skills, passions, and triumphs. Okay. Your skills, what are you good at? What are you really, really good at? Right. And sometimes, sometimes it is the personal stuff that we're really good at, right. That we can weave into how we show up at work. Um, So I'll give a very common example in sales. A lot of salespeople have a sports background, okay? And we can talk about, you know, how we were athletes and how that shapes kind of who we are and how we show up as professionals. And that feels like a more personal thing. Or I will tell you, to use your example, my cousin, he is a a field sales rep and for a medical device company. He's a veteran. He was a captain in the Marines. And so he can talk about his experience um, as a Marine 
and how that informs sort of how you know who he is as a sales professional, the level of detail, the level of care, um, all the rest. So skills. Second is passions. So what do you what do you just freaking love, right? And so that might be, you come from a sports background. You're still a sports. Um, fan, right? How does that shape who you are? Um, it can be your hobbies. It can be the things about your work that you can, that you love all these other things. And then the third is your triumphs. And that's the hard things you have gone through in your life and how you've overcome them. That can be personal, that can be professional. And when you, if you take the time to kind of write out this list of your skills, your passions, your triumphs. What you will notice every single time, every single time I've done this with a with a coaching client, there is an there is an arc that ties it all together. There is something that is core to who you are that informs the things you're good at, the things you love doing, and the things you've been through. And when we can start to understand for ourselves. It doesn't mean we need to explain all of these details to a, to a prospect or to a customer, but when we understand for ourselves, like what that really says about us and what really drives us as a human, we can bring that perspective and that kind of personality to how we show up with our clients, both um, in person and, and online. Well, that, that makes a ton of sense. That's a really great framework. I, I think I read you had a five-step framework. That was three steps. Are there, are there two other steps or do I have my numbers wrong? No, the, the, no. So, you know, the five steps kind of goes deeper into all of that. And then it takes, you know, how you think about kind of who you are and then how do you actually build a, how do you become known for that on a more public scale, right? So how do you, maybe you create content online. How do you engage with other people's content? How do you build a powerful network? And how do you become truly known for those, you know, the 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 thing that makes you, you? Yeah, I suspect for a lot of people that kind of have a very strong personal brand, it's, it's, uh, it's an association with one thing they've, like you said, a triumph for one thing they're really good at. They're known for a thing. Um, and a lot of that, I guess, since for most of us, we're not that, that one thing that we really stand out, out, stand out at in the world probably isn't all that obvious. So it's probably uh, the discovery process of, of how to gain that yeah. expertise or become, and then after we gain that expertise, become known for that is probably a really uh, important piece of, of this. Yeah, and, and and let's be clear. I don't think that most people are known for one thing, but they're known for one sort of theme of things, right? So, and that's why I do like that framework is like, you can be able to talk about the many things you're good at, the many passions that you have, the tough things that you've been through, but tie them together in a way that makes it feel like one thing, right? I think one of the, the the things that people resist a lot is they think that defining their personal brand means ignoring parts of who they are or ignoring 
their background or their interests, right? So to use my cousin as the example, sometimes people will be like, oh, well, I can't really talk about the fact that I was a Marine when what I'm really focused on is selling medical devices. But no, those two tie together and it's about how you bring those things together in a way that really makes sense in this overall picture. If you really think about, think about the, your favorite people, right? The people you love knowing and the people that you really admire, and especially your friends, right? In my, in my experience, my favorite people are the ones where every time I learn something new about them, I think, whoa, how does that fit in with everything else? There are always these very interesting, very, you know, varied people, but the way they bring all of those different interests together feels like a cohesive um, kind of package. And so personal branding is just kind of about that of like, how do we tie things together in a way that makes sense for others? Absolutely. Well, and what advice do you have for people that are trying to figure out how to tie this narrative together for other people? How do you, how, how would you advise your cousin to, to tie these seemingly uh, disparate things together into one cohesive storyline? So sometimes it just takes some time and some introspection, like a little personal discovery. But the other thing that I love having people do is um, you can send an email to 10 or 15 people. You want to send this email to people from all different parts of your life, right? So for my cousin, I'd say, send it send it to your favorite cousin who loves you. Just kidding. Um, I would say, send it to, you know, some of your, um, some of the guys that you served with, send it to some of your coworkers um, at the medical device company, send it to some friends. And what you ask them is you say, Hey, can you give me three examples? Tell me three stories of when you think I was at my best. And people will send you this response back. They will tell you stories that you don't even remember. They will say things about you that you didn't think was a big deal, but that they remember from years later. And you will start to realize that people see something in you that maybe you don't always recognize about yourself. And they will help you. You'll see patterns in the stories that they tell, the things that they describe. And that can really, one, it's it's the biggest ego boost you can ever do in your life. And if you are going through a down period, try it and you will feel amazing because people will say things that absolutely move you to tears, truly, even if you are my, my Marine cousin. Um, uh, but it will also help you see yourself from an outsider's perspective and be able to kind of tie these things together in a way that that really makes sense. And then once you're able to kind of tie together that personal narrative, mm -hmm. how do you then connect with your customer base as a salesperson with that with a personal brand that then is interesting and compelling for them in a way that helps you do what it is that you do? Yeah. So, I that's a great question. So, I also, there's a, there's a quote by Maya Angelou that I love and I like quote it literally all the time. And she basically says, and I'm also going to butcher it. She says, um, 
no one's going to remember what you said. They're not going to remember what you did. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And so if you can just know how you want to make your customers feel, it can completely change how you show up with them and the kind of energy you bring, the stories you tell, the things that you do. So if you really think about that, it becomes much easier to think about, I don't know, what is a gift that you want to send them? Well, how do you let them know that you're thinking about them? What are the things that you can do, the questions you can ask them that create a, a, a deeper bond and a deeper connection? Um, because you're focused not just on nuts and bolts and results and outcomes, but also feeling and emotion. And that's, that's how we build true, genuine connection with others. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I feel like uh, so much of this is like, no, ha having exposing and being vulnerable and exposing a part of yourself that, that, that your customers are interested in so that they're not just, you know, they're not just buying from a website. They're not just communicating with, you know, this, this entity that is the company that you represent, but they're, there's a human behind that that has hopes and dreams and and yeah. uh, has accomplished these other things outside of it. And and that's, I think a lot of business relationships are built on friendship. And that's, I think, a, you know, it's the basis for friendship to start knowing each other a little bit. Yeah. Well, and, and look, you're touching on something really powerful. So So here's the deal. I don't care where you work. Like there are no truly unique products or services anymore. There just aren't. Okay. Guaranteed, no matter where you work, there are probably half a dozen companies that sell basically the same thing you do with some very minor differences. The big difference is on the experience that we deliver to our customers. And when you are in field sales, let's be clear, you are that experience. You play an absolutely critical, if not the most critical role in creating that experience for your customers. And so it's not just about the company you work for or the, the things that you sell. It is about the relationships that you build and the, the experience that you create for your customers. And we can all apply just a little more intention to how we create that experience and how we leave our customers feeling when, when we walk out of the room with them. And I, and I, I, let's talk about the fine line here too. Like, how do you, how do you walk the fine line on like, you're giving a pitch to a customer. Yeah. Uh, you're, you want your personal brand to shine through, but you're also representing this company and this product. How do you yeah. how do you think about balancing those two things, or is that something you even have to worry about? Like, I, I I'm I worry that it could come across as forced if people did it wrong. Totally, and it, and it absolutely can, right? And this is this is the whole idea. So we we want it to feel natural, and you know, one of the things we can always do as salespeople is leave the emphasis on the customer, right? making them feel like the star in any conversation that we have in any engagement. And the idea is it's not about, it's not about forcing stories about, you know, 
when we played college football or whatever, like we don't want to be lame about it, but it's about letting them, um, encouraging them to open in, up in a way that allows us to open up as well. And so really just focusing on how do we have a, a real connection and a real conversation with people. Um, and again, really thinking through how do we want to make people feel when they engage with us? Like, what do we want that, that takeaway to be? And knowing that there's a million ways that we can do that, but just focusing on that experience for them and going with the flow, spotting opportunities when we can do that. And look, let me just be clear. We're always going to screw it up. <laughs> it's just how it goes. We're going to screw it up. And when you say something, you like try out a joke and you're like, mm, that was awkward. Like, that's okay. We've learned. They will, you know, most of our prospects or our customers are going to be pretty forgiving. We can also make a self-deprecating joke when we kind of mess it up and move on and it's going to be fine. But we learn from going through that experience and we learn from trying. And is there a way that you can take these concepts of personal branding and, and structure or integrate them into your overall sales pitch in a smooth way? Like, do you, do you, do you kind of work it into the conclusion the introduction and into the meat of the presentation somewhere? How do you, how do you think about that? So, so I think the way you work it into um, a presentation, a presentation or a demo or something like that is when you're really explaining, and especially for field sales, when you're really explaining what is your role as the sales professional in helping the, the customer achieve their goals, okay? Yeah, you're gonna talk about the product or the service that your company provides, but being able to talk about yours and why you give a damn, why does it matter, right? And so what I would say is, you know, maybe it's kind of towards the conclusion of like, hey, this is why I am the person that is going to be that extra special fit for you, is going to go that extra mile for you, because here's what I'm about. Here's what drives me. And here's why I am so motivated to show up as, you know, the, your partner, your ally in the work that you do. And that can be super powerful because yeah, they want to trust your customer. They want to tr trust your company, excuse me, but they got to trust you because you more often than not, you're the one that's going to be, um, you know, delivering that value, managing that account, all the rest. And they want that human connection and they, they are going to want to know why you versus the other guy. Yeah. And this, this goes back to a, this, or this reminds me, I guess, of a piece of advice that I always give salespeople is don't, don't rep a product that you don't truly believe in, you know, oh, yeah. not, not, because it not only does it become a part of your personal brand, but also like, if you don't believe in the product, you don't think it's the right thing for your customers. It's going to come through in your presentation. It's going to come through in your, you can't be truly authentic if you know that, that, uh, you're, you're pu pushing a second class product or the product that's not really helpful for them. You, you got to yeah. truly 
feel your customer's pain point on the, on the thing that you solve, like, you know, empathize with it and understand it. And then know deep down that you're solving their problem or else that if it's not genuine, it just, it shines through. Oh yeah. We're not that good of actors. Like, let's be honest. And when we really, we've all had experience when you start working for a new company and you really just are so ridiculously jazzed about the product and you are almost just like a tiny bit embarrassed of like how excited you get because you know that you're really helping someone. It's the best feeling in the world. Like there's, there's nothing that competes with that. And, um, the reverse is one of the worst feelings in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I've definitely been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Definitely to be avoided. It, well, and, and you know, personal branding is such a skill, right? What? Yeah. What? Tra- what kind of training would you recommend salespeople should go out and try to? get and receive if, if they want to start crafting their personal brands, what kind of, what kind of resources do you know about to, to improve this stuff? So I think, look, I think there's a ridiculous amount of content online. Um, there's great YouTube channels for it. Um, obviously I have my five-step guide, so I can share with that, but I would also just, I would also start becoming kind of a student. So spend a little bit more time on social media, but with a professional eye, Right. So start to look at who are the influencers, who are the movers and shakers kind of in your industry and look at what they're doing. Okay. What is the content they create? How do they show up? Become, become a student of this stuff and you will start to notice patterns. You will start to notice how, how, you know, leaders that you respect and admire talk about what they do. Um, the, the way they create content, the way they host a podcast, right? And you can start to be like, hey, these people, the way they show up really resonates with me and I wanna be more like them. So keep in mind that I also think personal branding, it's a, it's a bit aspirational, okay? So sometimes when, when, when we think about where we want to be in our, in our life or in our career in three to five years, we want to look at, okay, let's say I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the field anymore. I want to be a VP of sales. So you start taking a look at who are the VPs in your industry, in your space that you really respect. Start taking a look at how did they show up? right? What are the things they do related to personal branding, but also what are the habits and routines that they have? What books do they read? Um, What conferences do they go to? Like, what are all of these things? You can start to do those things so that you can kind of step into that identity and become that person. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of amazing about personal brand work is it sends you down this path of sort of elevating where you are and how you show up in the world in a way that helps you get to that next stage in your life. Fantastic. Well, the, the next step uh, in the podcast today is the sales in 60 seconds. So quick questions and quick answers. Um, first question, what is the foundation of a strong personal brand? Knowing, well, the first thing really is having the mindset that you deserve to be known for something, 
right? Having the confidence that, that you deserve to have that influence. And the thing I say all the time is you are an expert to someone. I don't care where you are in your journey. You're two or three steps ahead of someone. And so you sharing how you got to where you are can be super, super powerful for someone. And what are the key aspects that every personal brand should have? So uh, a clear sense of who your audience is, authenticity, and a desire to make an impact. So also not a huge fan of Gary Vee, but he has a quote that I love. And he says, personal, to do personal branding well and right, you have to be at least 51% altruistic. It's about helping others. It's not about just helping yourself. And so you need to have that, um, that goal in mind. What do you think is the most challenging part or the hardest part of creating a personal brand? Consistency. How does social media uh, fit in? And this, this may be a longer question now that I think about it, but how does social media fit into the creation and, and building up of a, of a personal brand? So I think social media is, is probably the most popular way to build your personal brand, but it doesn't have to be the only way. Um, but like I said before, I think social media can be a phenomenal place where you do your research of who do you think is doing stuff well, who do you want to be a little bit more like, and who do you want to emulate? And it's also a really great place to make connections with other people in your space so that, because here's the deal with field sales, you're often on your own. So how do you build relationships with other kind of movers and shakers in your space so that you can kind of get to that next level in your career? Yeah, or for me, social media is more of a place where I spend an hour a day taking selfies of me making duck faces. So oh, yeah. without a doubt, <laughs> you know, that's the other option. That's the other avenue. <laughs> See, and honestly, like that's why so many people are like, "Ooh, personal branding, I roll," is because that's our impression of it. But like, we don't think of, I don't know, Simon Sinek or, um, I don't know, Adam Grant, like people who are write books and are super impressive and all this stuff. We don't eye roll at their personal brands. So there is a way to do it um, that feels authentic and feels impactful and feels real for your career. Absolutely. Um, like, I, I guess let's dig into that. Why, what do you tell people who feel uneasy about, you know, the term personal brand or even this whole, this whole concept? Like, you know, imagine we're you know, you're, you're talking to a 45 year old dude who who's from the Midwest, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you con convince him that uh, this is something he should be thinking about when he's like, I sell auto parts. What do you, personal brand? Yeah. You're killing me over here. My well, daughter has my, 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 my 17 year old daughter has a personal brand I, I, on Instagram. What you want me to do that? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, okay. So here's the deal. I think the experience that we've all had in the last year is a perfect example of why this is so valuable. Okay, all of a sudden we can't see people in person. It's all online. And there are a ton of people that had never done it before, had no idea what was happening and were like kind of screwed in their business because they were so far behind. You can, and, and I will also say like, look, I didn't ever think that I would be this person, 
but I will genuinely say like, I don't know, 80% of my like super close friends now are people that I freaking met through personal brand stuff. So two of my best friends, I'm almost 39. Two of my best friends are men in their fifties who I met because I went on their freaking podcast. How did they find me for their podcast? Because of my personal brand. And then we have become incredibly close friends and advise each other and support each other in our business adventures um, now. And like, there's amazing things that can ha happen. It's not about being popular. It is about building real relationships and building real friendships that can help you in a million other ways. So, and here's one other thing that I will mention. Number one thing I hear when someone is, when I ask them why they haven't invested in their personal brand and they'll go, well, I don't like to brag. I'm like, okay, all right, that's fair enough. And I'll say, all right, I want you to think of five to 10 people who you follow online, whose content you think is, is good. And almost everybody, especially if you're in business, you can do this. And I'm like, okay, do they ever brag? Every time they will laugh and they'll be like, oh no, they don't. Yeah. If, if the people that you follow online are like NBA players, yes, they brag. That's a totally different thing. But if you're talking about like business people or people in your industry, no, they don't. They share things about their story. They share things about their journey, like all this other stuff. And it's about who they are as people. It's not about just talking about themselves and trying to be popular. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this kind of, you know, points to imposter syndrome to some degree. What, what advice do you have for people who are experiencing imposter syndrome as they, as they kind of start this journey towards having a personal brand? So that's why I think it's super, super valuable to think about who you're out there to help. Okay. And yes, it's, it, it might be customers, but it also might be you three years ago. And if you think about, like, this isn't, this isn't a, a solely self-serving thing. Yes, it will absolutely help your business. But the real point is to deliver value and to help others. And so if you can think like, man, what's the advice? I wish someone had told me five years ago before I learned literally everything the hard way. And you think about the ways that you can do more of that, right? And it might be, doing interviews on podcasts and sharing the things that you've learned. It might be, you know, volunteering at, um, for college students who are trying to learn things that you're doing, or it might be working with business owners that are five years behind where you are, whatever it is. If you focus on how you want to help, the kind of impact you want to create, it becomes a lot easier because, you know, it's not, it's again, it's not about being popular. It's about making a difference and it's about building the real meaningful friendships and relationships. Well, as a actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening to today do as a first step uh, to start selling more and being more successful because of personal branding? So the very first thing I would do is I would start following all of your customers on social media, 
probably not on Facebook. Keep it professional. Don't be weird and creepy. But like, so you can learn what do what do your customers love? What so are mean, they struggling? You mean with? when you say that, you mean link? Do it on LinkedIn, not Facebook on or Instagram. LinkedIn, um, I think Instagram can be okay, and and Facebook can be okay too. But like, it's about keeping it professional. Um, but the idea is is get to know your ideal customer a little bit more, a little bit better so that you can un uncover other ways that you can help them and you can serve them. That was such a good first step. What would you say the second step is? <laughs> I would connect with more people in your industry. So more of your peers. So here's one, you know, when I was still in sales, it took a really long time before I had built up a big network of, of other sales professionals, not at the company that I worked at. And as a result, my career, I think I could have, my career could have moved a lot faster if I had been able to have real friendships and relationships with um, people at other companies so that when, frankly, my boss did something screwed up, I could call someone else and be like, hey, I need a little sanity check like, how would you handle this situation? Or what would you do here? And there's something so amazing that can happen when we've got our network of peers who can support us, who can be a sounding board, whom we can support. So that also, when you decide you want to apply for that next job or move on to the next company, you've got a lot more opportunity and a lot more sort of connections to help you do that. Well, this has all been so helpful. Um, where can our listeners read more about your work? How do they reach out to you if they if they want to get to know you better? Yeah, so I'm on literally every social uh, media platform. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, even TikTok. It's not just for dancing teenagers. Um, uh, and my handle on everything is a better Jones. And you can also go to my website at abetterjones.com and Anytime I can help, um, just hit me up, start a conversation. Always happy to talk about this stuff, see if I can support any of your listeners. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah, my uh, my Mark and Tina and I, I remember we were looking at TikTok, like this is probably a year ago. This is before the pandemic, so it must have been more longer than that. And we we're like, yeah. is there something we can do with this? And we we're like, it appears to all be dancing teenagers. I think yeah. it, ha it has been branching out now. We we still haven't we haven't touched TikTok yet, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fascinating world there. It really really is, and there's some very weird, very entertaining content, but like from actual adults. Um, right. And it's, it's pretty cool. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of dancing teenagers, but the, the TikTok algorithm figures out really quickly that like, you're not a dancing teenager. So they stop sh showing you that stuff, which is awesome. You just have to skip the dancing teenagers as hard as it is. Yeah. <laughs> so skip right through those and they'll give you good content. It's like, it's like, um, it's like when like Pandora, right. You've got to train, you got to train the station. You've got to train the algorithm so that you engage with the stuff that you actually want to see. So when people say like really thoughtful adult things, you make sure to like and engage and you'll, you'll see more of it. Keep listening to back, Backstreet Boys. They'll give you in sync next. So you got to be careful. <laughs> um, well, uh, well, I'm going to try to summarize what you've what you've taught us here today. Oh, okay. um, 
and because uh, a lot of the people that are that are listening to this are on the road in their cars and stuff, so they can't yeah. take notes. But uh, all right, so personal branding it, it helps speed up our relationships with customers. It, personal branding helps prospects connect with you and helps keep you top of mind. Remember, everybody already has a personal brand, and it's what you're known for, and it's how people think of you. Yeah. Casey recommends that to develop your personal brand, you should you should think about what are your special skills, what are your passions, and what are your triumphs. And you, you can try this exercise to build up your personal brand. You can send an email to 10 to 15 people from different parts of your life and ask them to give you three stories of when they think you were at your best. And then by seeing what your connections see in you and understanding what they think, you can better understand your personal brand from their perspective. And you can kind of know what direction to take this. You want to you wanna understand how you, you want to make your customers feel. And you want to, you know, and that, that will help guide how you should interact with them. Mm-hmm. Salespeople create the experience for customers that will that will help set apart your customer your your product from from your competitors, right? So that's that's a part of the job. You, you're creating an experience with your for your customer with your company, and your brand's a part of that. Who you are is a part of that. Um, you can check out social media to see who the big influences are in your in- industry, and you can you can see what you can learn from them from the way they create content and from how how and what they're posting. You can also check out people who hold positions that you'd like to strive for and, uh, and, and kind of see how they behave. You can see what conferences they're attending. You can see how they make posts online. You can think about their brand and how they're, how they're crafting and shaping it. Well, hey, uh, Casey, thanks a ton for coming. This has been a fantastic episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If you work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. The number one route planner helps you sell 20% more and drive 20% less. And uh, we've got a free trial at badgermapping.com. If anyone can think of any other sales reps out there that would benefit from from learning about uh, personal branding, definitely share the love and forward this episode with Casey Jones onto them. Thanks a lot, everybody. Taking care. Take care until next time.